0: You're listening to the podcast from King's Cross Church in Charleston, South Carolina. We're glad you're here. If you'd like to learn more about our church or want to know how to get involved, visit kingscross.org. We pray that as you listen, you experience the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit.
1: All right. As many of you know, Chip Robinson, our lead pastor, has been out on sabbatical since early January, and he's coming back next week, so we're excited to have him back, Uh, but he's still out, and so um, I've had the privilege each week of introducing trusted friends to deliver God's Word, and uh, I'll just go out on a limb and say, hey, I think we may have saved the best for last. So Dr. Rashawn Frost, he came and uh, he was so, uh, let me just say this. To give you an idea of what to expect during the service, between services, he had to go change clothes. So he had to take his shirt off because he, he, he got pretty excited. So we're excited about you coming back, brother, and uh, speaking to us again for this service. I asked him, I said, man, that was so good. Would you please do it again? And he said, yes, I will. So we've been going through a series entitled... Um, New Year Old Habits where we're looking at ancient habits and disciplines of the faith and so Dr. Frost is about to come up. For those of you who don't know him, he grew up in a military family and was basically raised, he says, everywhere, but the DC area is what he calls his hometown. He gave his life to Jesus as a freshman football player at Auburn University. (coughs) Sorry, got your work cut out for you. A lot of people need Jesus in this service. And after graduation, he coached football at Auburn, Illinois State, and the University of Rhode Island before moving to Charleston in 2008 to coach at Charleston Southern University. In 2013, he went on staff with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes as campus director and chaplain at the Citadel. And then in 2014, he married Deanna. Is it Deanna or Deanna? Deanna, okay, good. And they have two sons, Caleb and Joshua. Dr. Frost has his Ph.D. in theology from the Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he is currently the lead pastor at the Bridge Church in the North Charleston, Goose Creek area. He's the director of One Charleston, and he's also an adjunct professor at Charleston Southern University. He's a busy man. There are three important things that we need to know about Dr. Frost, and the first is that he's been training Brazilian jiu-jitsu for the past 10 years. So you recruit Pat and Dr. Frost to be on your team. He has been an actor playing, been an actor in a recent TV series playing a bodyguard. So if you're interested to in learn more about that, you can catch me or him after the service. And uh, this is the thing that's the most amazing to me. I don't know how much you have in your budget and your financial personal budget uh, for books, uh, but Dr. Frost has every month he has $200 set aside. For books in his budget, so this man likes to read. But with all this said, with all of this said, this is how Dr. Frost describes himself. I quote, and I was talking with him on the phone, I said I got to write that down. I'm just a dude who loves Jesus and loves people. Everything else doesn't matter. So what I like to do is let's pray, let's pray silently for Dr. Frost and for ourselves. I'm gonna pause twice for each of us to pray silently. So first, pray for him as he prepares to share God's Word. All right, now let's pray for ourselves. Pray for yourself, your heart, and your mind as you prepare prepare to receive God's Word. Amen. Please welcome Dr. Frost.
0: As we keep our kind of spirit of prayer, um, let me pray for us. Lord, there's something beautiful about praying to you in the midst of silence. Uh, Your word says to be still and to know that you are God. And so here we are being still and knowing that you are God. So in our time together, God, just be you. Uh, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And I pray that our hearts be good ground, that we can receive with joy your word and that it will take root and grow fruit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You know, it's, it's interesting as I, as I hear... I appreciate that introduction. Um, I'm going to make a confession. It doesn't take very much for me to sweat. So um, I know somebody, you know, working out, listen, don't, 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 don't expect a performance. Um, I sweat just thinking. And so, uh, yeah, so it's going to be kind of anticlimactic in that regard. But, you know, it's, it's really good to be able to just spend this brief time together, uh, you know, being at the bridge. We're a two-year-old church plant and pray for us. We're actually having service right now um, as you guys are having service. So pray for us as we've prayed for you guys today. Uh, It's it's a joy hearing about uh, Chip taking taking a sabbatical, um, two years of church planning. I feel like I've been doing this for 10 years, um, and I feel like I need a sabbatical. Um, But uh, I think there's a beauty in that. There's such a beauty in resting, and there's a beauty in cultivating discipline and and, and, and structure, and regimen, and, and it's a beautiful thing that I hear that you guys are doing a series called New Year Old Habits. I love that phrase, because we always say New Year, new me, and we know that's not true, okay? I don't do New Year's resolutions, but I love it because I'm the guy that's at the gym all year round. I work out, before I start my day, I'm in the gym. And the crazy thing about this time of year is that everybody's in the gym, because it's all new year, new me. Now listen, I'm all for it. If you're, I don't care where you are in your fitness journey or whatever, I'm glad that you're there. But stay there. If I see you in January, and then I don't see you again until next January, I've got some, I'm thinking about you in a non-lovely Christian way. <laughs> okay? Now if I see you in June, we're good. If we see you in November, we're good. And I I know we say that in jest, but I think there's something about spiritual habits and disciplines that, that remind us that, one, we are linked in a tradition of thousands upon thousands of years that we have been doing these things. It's what cultivates growth as a believer. Up until this point, you've talked about worship, meditation, evangelism, Sabbath, and stewardship. And today we're going to take it to this last step, Uh, and, and, And I hope that as we do it, that we're challenged by Jesus' words, but then also encouraged to live them out, and that is the discipline of prayer. Now, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, this is what we're going to do today. I want to read the text in its entirety, and then we're going to break it down. So like I said, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 5 through 15. It'll also be up on the screen. And then, like I said, we're going to break it down. And so let's, let's start at verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in, at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. I don't know if you guys remember this commercial, right? But Verizon had this marketing campaign that had this really popular catchphrase. Uh, it, it began in 2002. You know, it's kind of interesting because you know this is the day where catchphrases and advertisements and marketing campaigns are really big. Why Super Bowl Sunday? I don't care who wins today. I'll be honest with you. I'm a football nut, but I will care about the commercials. I want to know who captures my imagination. As a pastor, it's almost like, what's going to be my next sermon illustration? But, but they had this marketing campaign, and obviously it was a great one because it ran on a nine-year run. The first ad was actually called the Test Man Launch. And the whole premise of the ad campaign was to be different than any other competing cell phone company by focusing on the quality of the signal rather than fighting over who had the best plan in prices. Matter of fact, uh, some of you are familiar with this catchphrase because it was simple and yet profound. Can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me now? Good. It didn't matter where you were, right? Their network would would get you to a good signal in order to talk. Matter of fact, their their logic was simple that your plan is worthless if you don't have a good signal to make a call and have a conversation. Your plan is worthless if you, you have this device, you make a phone call, but it gets interrupted because the signal's bad. Think about that. How many of you have had a conversation that gets interrupted by the signal? You know when you drive and, and, and the signal gets called. off. matter of fact, my wife works at the MUSC, and I can tell when she's calling me from inside the hospital. Because I tell her, don't call me while you're walking. <laughs> call me when you're in your office. But she'll walk, and all of a sudden, we'll have a conversation, and then it goes, a-lip, 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 a-lip. and then I'm like, you're walking in throughout the hospital, aren't you? Yeah. Call me when you get in the office. Okay. Like we understand things about signals. We understand the power of a good signal and how frustrating it can be when you have a bad signal or you can't connect to whom you're connecting to. Likewise, prayer at its most basic and simplest definition is communicating with God, talking to him and hearing from him. It's having a conversation with God and that requires having a good signal for quality communication. God is always speaking, but He's also always asking and saying, "Can you hear me now?" The key, though, is how do we get that good signal? And this is what Jesus is getting to in the pack in this passage: is what does it look like to pray well and right, and how do our prayers reach heaven? And so, to answer these questions is it, it, it leads to my main point today: that our heart either facilitates communication with God or is the barrier that hinders it. Our heart either facilitates communication with God or is the barrier that hinders it. Listen, God cares about our hearts. When we say God knows my heart, yeah, he does know your heart. That's not necessarily a good thing. God understands the condition of our heart. This is the reason why we gather because because what Jesus did on the cross was to pay a penalty and atone for us so that we can be in right relation with him because he knows he's good, perfect, and holy. We're not. We cannot get good, perfect, and holy in our own strength and effort. Our heart is messed up. So what does Jesus do? He pays the price for our sins because he's holy and perfect, lives a perfect life, and then dies a criminal's death, the death that we deserve, so that we can have a new heart. To be in right relationship with him communication matters why because relationship matters why because our hearts matter they're all connected and so because our heart is directly connected with our location to God there are some things in the text that Jesus points out that we need to take heed to in order to maximize our signal and so the first thing I want to talk about is actually a barrier and is a warning in prayer. And this is how Jesus starts it off. And like I guess I'm gonna read it fast, because we've already covered it. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by their by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray. Don't miss that. When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Simply put, we're going to make it as basic as we can, prayer is not for show. It is not a demonstration for you to show people how spiritual you are with your fancy words and and your overly heightness to get people excited and to capture the emotions of the crowd. People should not be impressed with your prayer. Instead, people should be impressed with the God you are praying to. You see, prayer is, it has to be sincere. It has to be sincere. See, hypocrites pray for show, not sincerity. It's it's, it's not from the right heart. Remember, we talk about heart, that God cares about the heart, and even though we can be passionate, we can still be passionately wrong. Remember, think about it like this, man. People love to put on a show. And they, and they will give the, the, the appearance of passion and faith. But here's the thing. God knows the truth of our heart. And here's what God is saying is that if you're doing that, and that's your motivation. Jesus is saying, if that's your motivation, <laughs> good job, congratulations. You got what you wanted. But that's it. So your prayers didn't reach heaven even though you've reached the applause of people. To say it like this is like pretending to be on your cell phone and having an important conversation to impress people. But you ain't talking to anyone. Let me tell you something. Can I I confess real quick? I didn't tell the first service, but let me tell you this. I did this in college. Why? Because nobody had cell phones. This is in the 90s. I was in college in the 90s. My first cell phone, I was already out of college. So when I was able to get, I had a, I worked at a hospital as a, as a physical therapy tech. They gave me a pager. And I actually had someone call me while I'm out with my friends to pretend I'm important so that the, the buzzer, can, the pager could go off so I can go answer the page like I'm important. <laughs> and my friends who are, you know, you, you know you got to have good friends in your life. They ripped me for it. And they made fun of me for years about that. But we do that all the time. We want to make ourselves seem so important. And sometimes, and a lot of times, we attach our walk and our faith, our walk with the Lord and our faith to that idea of importance, that we're more special than what we are, that we're more spiritual. Listen, we're all messed up. It's just the level of messed up this that we're in. Some of us are more messed up than others. Some of us think we're not messed up and really more messed up than all of us. We're all in this position. So, so the idea is, even as we go before the Lord, our prayer should be recognizing that we're broken people. God is not impressed with all the, the, the hype and the rigmarole that we are. Like the stuff said, like, man, they're so deep and spiritual because I heard them pray. Listen, y'all, prayer is intensely personal and private. Now, listen, I got to provide this caveat. That is not to say that we're not to pray publicly. See, neither the Bible nor Jesus condemns public prayer. In fact, it's an important part of corporate worship. If, you ain't, if, if prayer is not incorporated, you're not worshiping. We need to pray together, but that does not mean that we neglect personal and private prayer. Now, I can tell you this, and we all know this, we, you can pray anywhere. I pray a lot on 526 and twenty-six. I pray things like, Lord, check my anger. Lord, forgive that person who just cut me off. Lord, forgive that person who's tailgating. Lord, forgive me for wanting to break check. (laughs) As a parent, I pray before disciplining my sons that I can temper my anger for what is right with being righteous in how I deal with them. That prayer is an important part. We can pray everywhere, and and we should do that, but there also takes a point in time where we gotta have an appointment. Getting to a private place, closing the door, and having some private time with God. Listen, y'all, whatever's important, you schedule. The reason why I've been able to train at the gym for as long as I do is at noon, you don't mess with me during my lunch hour. That's when I train. And, And people, it was a habit I cultivated when I was coaching. It was like, this is important. And, and they are like, well, let's meet for lunch. No, nope. I got an appointment. It's therapy. It's therapy for me. So if I'm willing to do that for that, that has no true eternal value, how much more should I spend making intentional time with the Lord? And for myself, I don't start my day without it. Because I recognize and I've learned when I don't have dedicated time in prayer. Now, I'm praying throughout the day, but I need, I need dedicated time. We need dedicated time. Why? Because every relationship that is of quality has communication. You set time aside. Fellas, if you're married, ske- don't schedule a date night for you with your wife for a while and see what happens. See what happens. If you got kids, yes, your kids are important. They secondary. Your kids are, you raise your kids and get them out your house. <laughs> but if you don't cultivate regular communication when the kids are out of the house, you got to reintroduce yourself to your wife. Spend time, yes, with your kids. Spend time, but you just got to be intentional. Intentionality matters. And our relationship with God is only as good as our willingness to spend quality, uninterrupted time with him. It has to be a priority. But we, we, we get that. It's one thing to know that we need to pray, but the question is, how do we pray? And here's how Jesus answers it. Jesus calls his disciples to pray, and he says this, whenever you pray. So the task of a prayer is important, and in doing so, he does it in two ways. He gives a negative example, which we just covered, and then he gives a positive example about what to do when he says like this, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We hear this text and we, we, we learn it and we refer to it as the Lord's Prayer. And, and we pray it often. In my years, 20 some odd years of being involved in college football, every Saturday we hear it. In the locker room before game day. The sad part is a lot of times we see this prayer as a ritual, but it's so much more than that. It's so much deeper. Yeah, I mean, they'll we'll hear it. they'll be there today. Not kingdom, the power, glory forever, amen. Ah! Let's go running each other for 60 minutes. But notice something here in this text is that Jesus is saying, whenever you pray, meaning that you are to pray. Pray like this. In other words, this is more of a model or a template to be followed rather than a script to recite. Can you? Absolutely. But I want you to look at it and think of it as a guideline for prayer. So we talk about the first part of this guideline for prayer, acknowledging the relationship to who you're praying to our Father in heaven. If you have a relationship with God as a follower of Jesus, he is your father. This is, this is not, this is, you are communicating with God the father. Like, this is your relationship. Your relationship. You and I are, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, are sons and daughters of God. We are children of God. But not only that, the cool thing is, is notice the text where it says, our father, meaning you're not an only child in God's family. You come from a big family. And that's a beautiful thing because, you know, even though my, my wife and I we have two kids, my, my brother and his family, right, and two kids, my mom and dad obviously had two, two sons, but we come from a large, extended family. Like on my mom's side, it's like 10, she got like 10 siblings, and my dad's side is like one to seven. And it, and it makes family reunions fun. Because you come from a big family. It's, it's lively. It's fun. It's a great time. And, here, and this crazy part is, you may not know all your cousins' names, but you know you're related. He <laughs> you said, whose child are you? Now, I'm so-and-so's child. He's like, oh, but we still related. Why? Because we come from a big family. Listen, we may not know everybody's names, but we come from a big family if we're linked by the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus. Now, I know, though, even as I make this reference, that some have had complicated relationships or even bad relationships with their earthly fathers. And so to see God as a good, good father can be a difficult barrier for some. But here's the thing. God, the father, is our model for fatherhood even when our earthly fathers are messed up. So God, the father's the standard, not our earthly fathers. But he doesn't stop there. Jesus says, your name be honored as holy. Listen, keeping it simple, give God the respect and props do his name. God is on the throne in heaven, and heaven dictates what happens on earth. Listen, I, like I said, I'm, as, as a son, my, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, my dad are tight. But I'm not going, when I call him, and I call my parents, I don't just refer to him to any kind of name. Now, when I do, he knows I'm joking off the bat because it's the name that everybody in the family calls him. But I call that as a joke, he knows he'll start laughing, but let me come at my dad sideways. He's going to straighten me up really quick. What I didn't tell you about being a military fan, my dad was an army colonel, an armor officer at that. A lot of love, a lot of discipline. And I'm in my, my late 40s now, and he will still rearrange me upright. <laughs> now with my two sons who are, getting, or who are growing into young men that they don't just call me any kind of way. Because even though I'm not the, uh, an army officer, I'm a defensive line coach. A lot of love, a lot of passion, a lot of discipline. I will straighten you back up right. <laughs> so they understand how to come at me. But here's the thing, because he's, I'm, I'm the father and because I'm a son, they know that they can come to me because of relationship. Understand, God the Father is our father, but he's also king. I can't have access to him because of the relationship, but I also recognize that he is king. And when we come, when we deal with his name, think about this. Remember that in scripture, name is closely connected to the character. And when we honor his name as holy, we are acknowledging that he alone is worthy of our worship. But second, kind of going with this, he's acknowledging our allegiance to him and submission to his will and agenda. Watch this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we follow Jesus, we are acknowledging that, Lord, that the Lord is king over all and we're following his agenda. Listen, when we pray to the Lord, we're praying his will be done, not ours. God is sovereign and ruling over all the creation. And we're saying you are in charge of it all. In other words, be you, Lord. We're not just, we're just representing you in your kingdom in everything that we do. Third part being to to acknowledge that only God can satisfy our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. We ask God to give us what we need for today, our daily needs. And and, and we are being reminded that even in this prayer that we depend on him all day, every day, and, and that he will not only he will not, we not only see him for our needs, but we know that he'll meet them. All of them. And so, this right here is a, is a call for constant dependence on God. Listen, y'all, the reason why some of our prayers are, are, are hindered, some of the reason why we are dealing with resistance, it's not spiritual warfare, is you think you can do it on your own. Listen, one of the things that I've learned, and, and it's, it's been church, it took church planning to do Is it, like, Lord, if you don't do it, it ain't gonna get done. My ability to lead and gather people is meaningless if you're not in it. My ability to preach is meaningless if you're not in it. Give us this day our daily bread. I can't go off of yesterday's bread. Lord, I need today's bread. And I know that you will meet. So there's a call for constant dependence on God. Four, we acknowledge our sin as we deal with the sins of others for, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Listen, y'all, and I'm going to tie this back a little bit later. We're asking God to forgive us our sins, both known and unknown, or those we're aware of or unaware of, but it also entail, entails forgiving others that have wronged us, knowingly and unknowingly. And so it goes with this idea that forgiving people forgive people. And so we are to be bridges of reconciliation. It's why? You know, we use the language about being the bridge at the church because we, we want to connect people with God and one another. But forgiveness is the foundation. But also as we look at this prayer, we have to acknowledge our dependence on God to overcome temptation. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Listen, y'all, temptation is real, sin is real, and Satan is, will, is real. And he uses our desires and will use them and twist them to draw us to sin and in doing so be uh, ineffective in our kingdom mission. And he does everything in his power to hinder and destroy our relationship with the Lord through sin. Listen, I want to give a quick warning in that for a lot of us, the reason why a lot of us are in trouble is that, one, we underestimate the, the power of temptation and we overestimate our strength in dealing with it. Let me tell you something. One, other, one way will test your humility is lift weights. Put something heavy underneath you. And you'll know if you feel good about that weight or not. You'll know, hey, I need a spot here. I need someone to walk with me in this, because if I fall, guess what? You can help me get back up. But if you ever get a chance to watch on Instagram gym fails, it's because people are trying to do more than what they actually can do. Do not overestimate our to. That's, that's why we have to draw near to God. And the thing is, is that when we feel distant from God, listen, y'all, it's not God who moved, it's us. And so we have to do everything that we can to pray that we don't succumb to temptation of sin. In other words, God provides a way of escape. Our things when temptation gets real, run to Jesus, not from him. When, when temptation gets real, pray, get on our knees and, and start seeking the Lord's face. Some of the other manuscripts or later manuscripts ends with, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And and while it's not in this text, in the ESV, it's a reminder that God alone is to be praised, worshipped, and celebrated. It's about the Lord being Lord of all, and we are to give him what is due, and that is all praise and glory and honor. But Jesus does it in there. See, he gives us another warning, and it's connected to the prayer in this prayer as he, as he reminds us of the biggest barrier in our prayer signal. And, and, and this is what I like to say, guaranteeing the strength of the signal. Verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so this is like what I like to call the terms and conditions of prayer. Y'all know the part when you sign a contract. Well, I hope you don't do this. You need to go through and read the whole thing. But a lot of times if you get an app that you just download or you just got a brand new phone and you got to scroll, 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 scroll through all the fine print to get you at one point to hit the I accept so that you can enjoy what you want to do. We cannot afford to skip this part. Forgiveness is important to God. And if it's important to him, it must be important to us. And it's simple. How can we expect to receive the forgiveness of God when we aren't willing to receive the forgiveness of others? Or I'm sorry, aren't willing to forgive others? How? Think about it. And I know it's hard because sometimes it's like, but 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 pastor, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how much it hurt. You don't know how much it cost me. I I get it. But we're still called to forgive. Why? Because the Lord commands it and he did it for us. You know, it's interesting. When I think about this idea of forgiveness, as a parent, God makes it even more clear because there have been a couple of times I have flown off the handle. Kids do something stupid, and I think about one particular example where my wife is like, she, she gives me the dreaded words, don't get mad, but. And I'm like, oh gosh, don't ever, please don't do that. I don't like surprises. Just tell me what happened. Let me see how bad it is, and then we can go from there. So I go and see, it, and my son damaged my truck, and I just fly off the handle. I'm like, what were you thinking? And he just got that dumbfounded look on his face. And you know, the funny thing is that the Lord humbled me by reminding me, how many times have you done something stupid? How many times did you come to me asking for forgiveness? How many times were you that guy? And yet I forgave you. You forgive your son. Man, forgiveness is what the Lord calls for us. It's an opportunity for us to demonstrate the power of prayer because as you're praying for the situation, God is also checking your heart. And what I mean by praying for people who who need forgiveness, here's what I'm not not saying. Do not do this prayer. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, you strike them with lightning. Let your judgment fall on them and that they will know that you are God and what they did was wrong. Listen, y'all, it is hard to hate someone you're praying for when you pray rightly. When you pray, Lord, let your love and grace shine on them the way your love and grace shine on me. Lord, I pray that, you're, that you will cultivate and shape my heart to love you better. Pray that they will shape their heart better. Pray for bridges of reconciliation, even if it, it may not be what it, we, it used to be, God, but it's better than what it is now. What if you prayed for someone's good, just as you would want for someone to pray for your own good? So, but what does this mean for us? I'm about to land the plane for a little bit in a second. But what does this mean for us? Well, if you're an unbeliever, you may be asking the question, does God hear your prayers? And there is a prayer that first draws heaven's attention if you are an unbeliever, and it is the prayer of repentance. Psalm 66 and 18 says, If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, if I cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Listen, God is holy. And when we harbor sin in our heart because it is, it is ingrained in our DNA who we are, God's like, I, I don't mess with that signal. You're, you're communicating literally on a wrong signal. We have to be aware of our sin and reject it and run to the Lord, not only for forgiveness, but to turn to him to allow him to transform us. And another way of saying it is that we have to change carriers and plans. So here's what happens, though, when we, when we get God as our character through, uh, carrier through Jesus Christ and we're on heaven's plan. Psalm 66, 19 and 20. But God, But truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer Blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. But if you are a believer, as we think about praying, I want you to think about this acronym to help you develop a rhythm or a methodology of prayer. First of all, just kind of reminded, be reminded of uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. But what does that mean? How do we make this practical? I want you to think about this prayer guide in, in, in this acronym called ACTS. The first part being A, adoration, to give God his due, our worship with our hearts, how you feel about him, and more importantly, let him know. Let him know how you feel. Like it's one of the running jokes in our house, and I, and, and I share this with my, my wife. My wife, you know, I said when we first were dating, I told my wife I love her first. It was like very random. I am like, I love you. he's like, oh, that's And i are like, wait a minute, did I just say I love you? Well, because I said it first, it just takes preeminence, so I don't have to really say it again. So y'all, y'all look at me sideways. So I have, a, I have, you know, I'm kind of a sarcastic kind of guy. And so my wife now, she'll say, I love you. And I'll be like, that's what's up. Kind of playing jokes and games. And I, I'm, I'm naturally antagonistic. My wife says I have a contrary spirit. I disagree with her, but my wife thinks I have a contrary spirit. And so she'll be like, I love you. And I'm like, that's what's up. That's cool. Child, I love you. I'm very fond of you too. I love you. I love me too. Now, and we say this in jest, but the reality is deep down, I love my wife. I'll let her know, but girl, you, you're everything. man. I'm so thankful for you. I praise God for you. In other words, I'm going to give her what's due. If that's the case, how much more do we give adoration to God who give every good and perfect gift comes from him? Second part is confession. That we are to confess to a holy and righteous king, which means we need to check the sin within us. We're all broken. We all have issues. But here's the thing. To quote the great philosopher Ice Cube, we need to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. And confession is the means by which we check ourselves, that we're coming before a holy and righteous king, and, 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 and in his holiness, we cannot come with the messed up in this that's within us. We have to let it be, no, Lord, I'm broken, but you make all things new. So we confess our sin. The T stands for give thanks, to give thanks in all circumstances to give thanks in all circumstances. We don't just give thanks when things are good. Can we give thanks when things are going rough as well? Sometimes what Thanksgiving does is it changes our perspective and our attitudes. And sometimes our circumstances will not change until God changes us in the middle of our circumstances. Do we look at our lives as moments and opportunities of sanctification to being shaped to the image of Jesus? That is part of the journey, giving thanks. And then the last part is supplication. Notice we give God his props. We confess our sin. We give thanks. Then we go ask for stuff. A lot of times we just go to prayer to go to God just asking. But here's where we ask God for our needs. And that also includes intercession, praying for others. Do we have the fervency to pray for others the same way we do for ourselves? Do we seek God's face in any and everything? That is what we're to do today. That is what we're to make a habit of doing, to cultivate within our own hearts and lives, to model in our families. And what we do privately, the power that we develop privately is the power we live out publicly. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you That the power in prayer is not in the prayer itself, but in the one in whom we're praying to. So let us come correct to you. Let us come rightly for you. And Lord, if this is an area that we've struggled with because we're consistently inconsistent, I pray that you will ignite a fire within us that allows us to continue to keep seeing your face like a a child who constantly runs to his parents like a little girl who runs to her parents, God, that we run with dependence on you. Why? Because you're king, you're on the throne, and you love us. And so God, let every barrier to talking with you rightly be removed and transform our hearts as we seek your face. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: My name's Josh, I'm the associate pastor here at King's Cross Church. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Take a moment to subscribe and you'll get each week's message automatically. We invite you to join us as we grow in the gospel, connect in community, and live on mission. May the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.